Yeah, we can clap for Hallmark. I love Hallmark movies. I really do. And growing up, my favorite holiday was Thanksgiving. Like, I remember waking up that day so excited to see family, to eat yummy food, and sometimes things would turn out exactly kind of how I would hoping that they would, kind of like, you know, a Hallmark holiday movie. But the older I get, the more I realize that's not always how things go. And there are some pressures that come along with family get-togethers. And when it comes to holidays, for whatever reason, we kind of get our expectations really high, don't we? Like we want it to be a certain way. We want it to feel a certain way. We want certain people to be there. We even have holiday songs to talk about these feelings. I mean, especially Christmas. What other holiday has a song called The Most Wonderful Time of the Year? We don't have songs for like random Mondays in November or anything like that. There's something particularly exciting and hopeful about the holidays. And I think Hallmark is on to something. Like, deep down, a lot of us want to experience, even if we don't like the movies, which I do, but even if you don't, like, we kind of want to experience that magical thing. You know, just that, that feeling at the holidays. We want the holly jolly Christmas. We want the Instagram-worthy Thanksgiving spread. We want the beautiful family. We want the warm fuzzies. We want that Hallmark movie ending. What about you? I mean, what are you hoping for this holiday season? Maybe the perfect present for a child and you found it and you're pumped. Or maybe that perfect present for you and it's in the closet and you're like, thank you. Maybe you didn't get together with your family last year. And you're really, really looking forward to it and kind of the pressure and expectation is building up a little bit. Or maybe you're just like, all I want is like mashed potatoes. Like that's it. Like that would, that would be wonderful for me or, you know, grandma's famous pumpkin pie or whatever. You know, what are you hoping for? Like for real, what are you hoping for this holiday season? Cause here's my honest answer. I want some rest. I want some time with my family that doesn't end with one of my kids crying or with me crying. Like my hope really is that you would get what you are hoping for this holiday season, that it would turn out to be kind of that hallmark miracle Christmas special for you in your life, that all your wish comes true. But like what happens, what happens when it doesn't turn out that way? Like because life, life really doesn't always turn out that way. Like what are you going to do if your expectations aren't met this year or they're never met. I mean, what do we do when it doesn't feel the way that we would hope when the lights aren't as twinkly or we burn the turkey, you know, or the holiday cheer kind of falls flat. I mean, if Hallmark made, have you thought about this? If Hallmark made their holiday movies a little bit more realistic, I don't know if as many people would watch. I mean, if we had these things in them that we deal with in real life, Like when the Hallmark movie doesn't end with snow falling and the perfect romance and families coming together. What do we do when we get to Christmas Day? And like the loneliness overwhelms us. Or what do we do when the financial strain comes and we have to choose, are we going to go in debt? Are we not going to get presents this year? I mean, what do we do when we're in that argument with our mom? Or what do we do when dad ignores us? Or what do we do when Uncle Charlie's in the corner saying wildly offensive things? Like, what do we do? 
What do we do when we're reminded of the really hard stuff in life, like the abuse, or we're reminded of the grief, or we're reminded of where we aren't going to be? What do we do when we land smack dab in the middle of unmet expectations? It's almost like we need some special guide to navigate the holidays. You know, idiot's guide to surviving Thanksgiving dinner with my family? You know, like dummy's guide to Christmas giving? I bet both of those, if you Google them, they're both blogs. I guarantee it. But we're calling the next two weeks here at the Ridge the Declassified Holiday Survival Guide. And I kind of wish that something like this actually existed. That was super helpful And over the next two weeks, we're really going to be talking about how to navigate these areas of the holidays. And at times, these unmet expectations can make holidays really difficult. So next week, we're actually going to talk about how to process through that grief that you might experience in the holidays, that you might even be dreading this holiday season. But today, we're going to be talking about what to do when that Hallmark movie turns out to be more like a horror movie than a holiday movie. So the thing about unmet expectations, I think the thing about unmet expectations and families in particular is it's been going on forever. Like this isn't brand new. This isn't a uniquely 2021 thing. This has been going on for a really, really, really long time. Now there are several examples of unmet expectations in the Bible. We're going to talk about one today. And if there's anyone in the Bible who could be frustrated with his circumstances and with his family and his expectations going unmet, it's this guy named Joseph. And no, not the Joseph, like the Marian Joseph. We'll get to him pretty soon. Like Christmas is coming, we'll get there. But we're talking about this guy named Joseph in the first book of the Bible, Genesis. His story kind of takes place, Genesis 37 through 50. And here's how it goes. Joseph was his dad's favorite son. That must be nice, right? All you favorites out there like, yeah, go Joseph. He was treated really well. And I bet his holidays were fantastic growing up, except that all of Joseph's brothers knew that Joseph was the favorite. So he did what a lot of, I think, the, the brothers did for Joseph, what a lot of brothers would do. They decided to plot to kill him. Have you ever experienced that in your life? Eventually, though, Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. I've not seen that in a Hallmark movie. Maybe it's in there. I don't know. There are a lot to watch. I haven't made my way through all of them. But Joseph was sold to become a servant to an important Egyptian guy named Potiphar. And Potiphar's wife actually tried to seduce Joseph and eventually lied about seducing Joseph. And Joseph got thrown into prison. And Joseph Joseph was in prison for a long time. He he interacted with these other prisoners. He was interpreting their dreams. And they said, hey, if you interpret my dream, I'll promise to help get you out. And then they got out and they didn't help Joseph get out. And two years go by and he's in prison and he ends up interpreting dreams for Pharaoh about how a a famine was going to hit the land. And Joseph turned out to be right. And Joseph became a ruler in Egypt, second only to the king. And when the famine hit, just like Joseph said he was going, it was going to happen, his brothers, the same brothers, came and begged for help because they didn't have any food and they didn't know what to do and they didn't recognize Joseph. 
Can you imagine being Joseph in that moment? Like your life has not turned out the way that you were hoping that it would at all. He's estranged from his family. He's been sold as a slave. He's been accused of rape. He's imprisoned. He's been forgotten over and over and over again. So many holidays would have come, would have gone. This was not a holly jolly thing for Job. And then his brothers come and his brothers need help. And what would you do? I mean, now's his opportunity, right? Like, you tried to kill me, I'm going to try to kill you. Or at least I'm going to talk to you sternly. Like, I'm going to tell you off. I'm going to say, go away, I'm not providing for you. Like, what does he do? And so after some back and forth and some conversations and some tests, this is what he did. He gave them grace. He forgave them. He helped them. This is what he said. This is kind of in the middle of Joseph's story. He's talking to his brothers. This is what he said. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. Excuse me, what? Be very upset. This is me talking. Be very upset. Be very angry with yourselves because you're jerks. That, That would be my interpretation. But it was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years. He was right about all of that. And there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he's the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. It was God who sent me here, not you. What can we learn from a story like that? Like when the circumstances around us don't live up to the expectations that we have, you know, when the holiday hustle and bustle is at best irritating and at worst oppressive, you know, when our circumstances, our families, maybe even we feel like God has let us down, what do we do? Well, we're going to talk about four things that I believe will help us navigate our expectations. There's always like three or four things. Have you ever noticed that? One of these days are going to be like 79 things to help us navigate the holidays. But today, it's four. We're going to talk about things to help us honor God, really, this holiday season, and to help us love each other well. Four things to remember. Here's the first one. Remember to communicate. We assume a lot of things when it comes to the holidays. There's a fancy phrase for that. Ask your mom. Maybe it's just my family, but we kind of start planning the holidays pretty early. Like we start texting, okay, you bring this, I'll bring this. When are you going to be here? Do you need to stay? Like, what do you need? Don't forget those special holiday treats. No, really, for real, don't forget those special holiday treats. And we start texting like in September or October. There's all of these things kind of to synchronize our holiday schedules. And inevitably, somewhere in there, is this true for you in your life? Inevitably, our expectations don't get met. And when an expectation isn't met, a few things happen. We take it personally when our expectations don't get met. And we feel it deeply when our expectations don't get met. And then we leave the party or the gathering or the holiday season and we have the car conversation. Have you ever had the car conversation? You have the car conversation going away from church sometimes, don't you? 
See, this is what happens. It's usually when an expectation isn't met and we get into the car with our family or our friend or we call somebody or we're texting when we're driving, which we shouldn't do. And then we say, can you believe it? Like, have you ever had the car conversation? And you're like, can you believe that Billy said that to Sally? Like, can you believe that my sister said those things and did those things and didn't bring the thing that she said she would bring? Did you see how they parent their kids? Car conversations are rarely healthy. So an expectation doesn't get met, and maybe it was personal, somebody intentionally going against what you're hoping for. They just don't care about you or whatever. Maybe it wasn't personal, but what can you do? And here's my encouragement. Don't gossip, which is what a lot of car conversations turn into. Don't just complain, which is what a lot of car conversations turn into, because if complaining makes the world a whole lot better, we would have an amazing world. Here, here's what you need to do. You need to communicate. Here's what I mean. Here's the way to communicate. Talk to God. Do you align your expectations with what God thinks, what God would want for your life? I don't know if I always do. And I get into a situation, I'm having a car conversation, and I completely forget to ask God what he would want first. So talk to God about how you feel. Talk to God about what you think. Talk to God about what Billy said to Sally. Talk to God about what you hope for and ask him to help you navigate it. The Holy Spirit, which is God, can help us navigate really tough stuff in our life. We just don't ask. Talk with God. Start your holidays. Even today, start your holidays with talking to God about your holidays. Here's here's another one. Talk to the person who isn't meeting the expectation. I am not a fan of this. Not a particularly confrontational person. There may be people in your life that are extremely confrontational. Like you know who they are because they tell you that that's who they are. And then either way, either if you're rushing towards confrontation, you're not really thinking about what God wants you to do, or you like refuse to talk about your expectations to somebody, then you get mad that somebody's not meeting an expectation that they don't know you have. And then they don't meet the expectation and then we like push it down and with festers and we go down and it becomes this little like white hot ball in our like gut. And then we're like, this is so difficult. And because we've never stopped to actually talk about our expectation. And that doesn't mean that they'll meet your expectation. We all know that. But there is health in not having the car conversation but maybe having the conversation about the expectation with the person. Talk to someone lovingly. Try to come to a solution. So you're talking to God, you're talking to that person. Maybe it's going well, maybe it's not. Here's another thing you can do. You can talk to someone who understands and can support you through it. Fancy word for that is just community. See, there are a lot of circumstances that are beyond our control, and the holidays kind of bring it out. It's like a pressure cooker, right? So talk to someone you trust. Talk to someone who loves you. Talk to someone who loves Jesus, and be honest, and allow them to be honest. We kind of like the us be honest part. We don't always like the them be honest part. But the fact of the matter is, you're not alone. Holidays or any other time, God is with us all the time, and that's not trite, that's true, and people are with us. 
And that's hard sometimes. And sometimes we have to put ourselves out there or we have to seek it out a little bit. But community is real. Community is available. You're not alone. God is with you. The ridge is with you. We care. People here, your group maybe, cares. We just don't talk to them about it. Or we say, we're fine. We're fine. I'm fine. It's good. We're fine. So talk to God. Talk to the person who isn't meeting the expectation. And then talk to somebody who can support you through it. So we're remembering to communicate. Well, what else? Here's the second thing. Remember to be thankful. I mean, it is Thanksgiving after all. It's okay to acknowledge when an expectation isn't met. Some of us need permission to do that. It's okay to acknowledge when an expectation isn't met. But some of us have no problem acknowledging when an expectation isn't met. And we just kind of root down into it. And we rant about it. And we vent about it. And we never get to the second place about it. All we do is communicate. We don't do anything else. So I needed kind of this reminder. Be thankful for the things that are, not just acknowledge the things that aren't. Let me say that again. Be thankful for the things that are in our lives rather than just acknowledge that the things that aren't. 2020 was hard. 2021 turns out was a whole lot like 2020. But there are so many amazing things that God is doing, has been doing, and will do in your lives, in the church, in our community. And there are things where we can be thankful. And that thankfulness changes our perspective. This is Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Check this out. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. So this is kind of the first step. Talk to God. Talk to other people. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he has done. Then, and only then, Will you experience God's peace? I've not really thought about peace coming from thankfulness, but I think that that's part of what it's saying here. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. We can't comprehend the level of peace that comes along with thankfulness. That's amazing to me. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So you're thanking God for all he has done, all of these things, finding these good things in your life. And then what? Then we get to experience God's peace. We can't even fully comprehend. So it's possible even in the middle of the holiday struggle to literally have his peace guard your heart and mind like a bouncer at a bar. Like I'm not letting you in. I'm not letting you in unless you're on the list. And if you're not providing peace and hope and joy and the things that honor God, I'm not even going to entertain it. Stay out. That's what this is saying. Thankfulness and what God has done brings that type of peace. So expectations aren't being met. And we're communicating, okay? We're communicating and we're going to be thankful. Okay, what else? Here's the third thing. Remember to forgive. Maybe you're on board so far and you're like, nope. I'm not going to do that. Because this is the difficult one. Like we like to be forgiven. We don't like to forgive. So we're going to dig into this one just a little bit. Because sometimes we formed expectations for friends or for loved ones that they cannot live up to. 
oftentimes, not all of the time, but sometimes the expectations we have in our lives, people aren't going to live up to them. That's one of the issues with the Hallmark movie approach to life. Because when the stars don't align and we don't meet out at the gazebo and the Christmas miracle doesn't happen and the like orphanage and ice cream shop isn't saved, we get pretty upset. Because a lot of times we don't have realistic expectations. But here's the thing. Expectations are healthy. Boundaries are healthy. And sometimes your expectation, you're talking to God and they're perfectly aligned and they're exactly right. And still, they don't get met. And this inevitably happens in our lives. We have this choice when expectations aren't met and we're hurt. We can choose bitterness or we can choose forgiveness. And for whatever reason, bitterness in the moment tastes a little sweeter to us. Forgiveness is a little harder. It's like candy or medicine, which is better for you. This is what Colossians 3.13 says. I don't like this verse. I really don't. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And this is why I find this verse challenging, because this is how I want to respond. Make allowance for faults? Nah. I'd like for you to actually live up to my realistic expectation. I'd like for you to do what is right. I'm not asking you to do anything that you shouldn't do. I'm not going to make allowance for that. Forgive anyone who offends me. I'll forgive people who like deserve to be forgiven. You know, who have changed significantly or who apologize or who own all of what they've done and come to you and say, I am so sorry, because that's like never happened in my life. That's when I'll forgive because they know what they did. And I'm going to treat them accordingly until like it fits into my paradigm of when I'm cool with forgiving them. But I'm not going to give allowance. Like the image that I have in my head is like, you know, giving allowance to your kid, like giving them money to hurt you. No way. But if we're still controlled by the emotion of a situation, we have that car conversation in our head over and over and over again, and we're like past car conversation one, and we're in like car conversation 20, and we're really kind of just torn up about something happening in our lives because hard stuff happens in our lives, and we're struggling with forgiveness especially when it's people that we value, when it's people that matter to us, parents and kids and and best friends and spouses and role models and all these things. And when they let us down, it hurts. And we make allowance, we allow them to do this. I'm not on board. Why in the world would I do this? Because people who have been hurt, like you and me, start to go, I'm not going to do that. But the reality is, and this is why this verse is genius, at the end it says, remember, the Lord forgave you, 
So you must forgive others. See, all of us, hurting people hurt people. Have you ever heard that phrase? We all have been hurt and we all have hurt others. And maybe somebody has hurt you way more than you hurt them and that's fair and I understand that, but we're called to forgive without caveat. It doesn't say forgive the person that you want to, that it feels like it. Forgive anyone, everyone who offends you. That's the difference that Jesus makes in our life because we're forgiven because of him. We're all called by God to forgive. We forgive because we're forgiven. And I know sometimes we think it's like a hallmark magic moment when we forgive. Like we're like, I forgive you. And we expect like a dove to come down, like the light to hit us just right and be like, oh, like it's magic. It's not. Forgiveness is an everyday thing. So if you're struggling, if you're in a rut with this, you're like, how in the world am I supposed to forgive this person who is so terrible? Here's my suggestion. What have they done to you? Think about what they've done. Think about what God has done. And then choose to forgive. And you do it again. Because the fact of the matter is, yeah, they might have hurt you badly. And that's fair. Forgiveness is not saying everything's fine. Forgiveness is not saying, oh, you're allowed to treat me that way. Forgiveness is choosing to accept God's grace. It's choosing to say, I also need forgiven in my life, and I'm choosing to extend it to you. So this is what you've done. This is what God has done through Jesus on the cross, and I choose to forgive. See, forgiveness is actually, like in a weird way, it's really what the holidays are all about. It's kind of baked right in. Jesus died on the cross so that we could all experience forgiveness from God. Forgiveness isn't something that we are called to do when we feel like it. God wants us to live a life full of forgiveness, freely given. We are forgiven because of what he has done. And we accept this gift far greater than a perfect holiday season when it comes to forgiveness. And that's hard, but it changes our holidays. It doesn't put the power in the person who has hurt us or not met our expectation. It doesn't put the power there. It puts the power with God. Here's the, here's the fourth thing that we remember, because this one drives the rest of them. Remember, God is in control. And maybe this year your expectations are going to be met, and it's going to be awesome. Thanksgiving goes off without a hitch. Christmas seems particularly holly and jolly, and it's awesome. Or maybe this year your expectations aren't met, and Thanksgiving is a disaster, and you're dreading Christmas, and it's more of a blue Christmas than a white Christmas. Or maybe you're somewhere in between. Good, bad, holly, not jolly. But no matter what's going on in your life, in your situation, in your circumstance, in your relationships, in your head, in your heart, here's the truth. God is in control no matter what. Do you remember what Joseph said? This blew me away when I read it in preparation for this. This is what he said. So it was God who sent me here, not you. No. See, Joseph almost murdered by his brothers. Joseph sold as a slave. Joseph wrongly accused. Joseph forgotten in prison. Joseph apart from his family for years and years. Joseph who had every reason to say, what are you doing, God? Why are you treating me this way, God? And this is what he says. He says, it's God who sent me here. God is in control. God is in control when the turkey is burning. 
God is in control when the family member offends you. God is in control when the person hurts you again. God is in control when the empty chair at the table is screaming at you. God is in control when finances just aren't going to add up. God is in control when the loneliness seems overbearing, when the darkness or the anxiety or the depression is closing in. God is in control when the hope seems so far away. God is in control in your life right now. Not you, not your parents, not your spouse, not your kids, not your hopes, not your dreams, not your expectations met or otherwise. God is in control. It's God who sent you here. It's God who has you here. It's God who loves you right where you are and uses these terrible things in our lives to make good out of them. That's how powerful he is. Ephesians 3.20 says it like this. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. God is in control and he's working. And so this holiday season, even in the midst of your unmet expectation, it is infinitely better for him to be in control. We can't even understand it. We can't even ask for the right thing. When the Hallmark movie seems more like a dream than a reality, God is doing more than you can even ask him to do. God is in control. So yes, communicate. Yes, be thankful. Yes, forgive. Those are all things we need to do. But please don't forget, in the midst of the good and the bad, God is in control and he is doing mighty work in you and around you and through you and he's powerful enough to do it and he will accomplish it because God being in control is better than anything else. I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for being in control even when We don't act like it, even when we forget that it's true. So we surrender these holidays to you. So yes, help us remember to communicate and remember to be thankful and remember to forgive, but really help us to remember and to act like you are in control, good and bad. And we thank you that your power works in things we don't understand, and we're thankful that your power through the cross allows us to live in a way that our expectations and our holidays pale into comparison with what you're doing. That these things that we're fighting in our lives, they're not even our battles, they're yours. And you've already won. So help us surrender that to you today. We love you. And we're so thankful for your love for us through Jesus and the cross. And it's in Jesus' name we pray today. Amen.